The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Welcome to the Cost of Goods Told podcast. I'm always told to say the podcast by my <laughs> co-producer, Chef Connor Moran. I am Darren Lafferty, and we are joined today by Blake or Balake, depending on what neck of the woods you live in. <laughs> Prince. That's it. How you doing? Good. You? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, are you tired? You just flew in. Your arm's no, tired? No, I drove in. He's always drove in. I'm not tired, but I will say, like I said earlier, uh, after my 12-hour drive yesterday, I, I guess I only had a, it's actually only about eight and a half because I, I, I got to Memphis Saturday night to sort of cut my driving, you know, by two hours. <laughs> That's when your legs are falling asleep. You're yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to take a break. Yeah, I was more tired after my eight-hour drive yesterday <laughs> than I would be after any work day, you know, yeah. pits all day. So just uh, you get out of your element and it all takes a different effect. Well, you came in and what was your first stop? Uh, stopped at Joseph's Riverport Barbecue in, uh, in, uh, oh no, you're good. In, For those uh, on the audio, uh, We've got a we've got a good friend uh, TJ over here. He just opened the door for the server. We got some food over here for uh, Blake as well from uh, from uh, Beavers. T- so. TJ today is our podcast groupie. Thanks, yeah. Thanks He's TJ. always a groupie. <laughs> <laughs> He's a team player. Yeah. Like He's a team player. You, know, you don't get a buy like this without loving food. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so first stop. Right, stopped in Jefferson, Texas, at uh, Joseph's Riverport Barbecue. The owner there, Stephen Joseph. Super cool guy. We talked quite a bit. Uh, it's my second meal there, and they've both been top-notch. Uh, so that was a good breakup. Now, I did have to, on my first day off in months, I probably should have slept in until 8 or 9 o'clock, but I got up at 4.55 or 5 o'clock, which is an extra hour. That actually, sleep, actually you slept <laughs> late. Yeah, you <laughs> slept late, still, yeah. in, in the grand scheme, still pretty early. Uh, made it there for lunch, and a guy from Shreveport that came and ate, he's like a barbecue connoisseur, uh, he does uh, sports broadcasting for a college near Shreveport. Hmm. Um, he came and ate. Apparently, he, he seeks out Texas barbecue wherever he goes if it's there. And he came and ate at my place five or six, seven weeks ago. Cool. So he met me there. Last night, got to town, uh, had Pinkertons after I got settled in the hotel and stuff. And then he just today. So. Nice. That's, awesome. a, that's a good way Pretty to kick good it off. Start. Pretty good. So for those who don't know where Blake's barbecue is, tell us. Tell us and tell them. 
Martin, Tennessee, northwest Tennessee, about two hours north of Memphis, uh, two and a half hours west of uh, of Nashville, and the opposite end of the state from the uh, Smoky Mountains. <laughs> I'll be thinking, oh, he lives in beautiful. It's not. I'm not saying it's ugly, but it's not the Smoky Mountains. So. Well, it can be ugly if it wants to because the barbecue you're putting out is beautiful and it's delicious. I try. Yeah, you're in a trailer, right? You're in still a in a, so for now, but you you've purchased a brick and mortar. You're negotiating something on a brick and mortar, is that yeah, right? Yeah, it's all it's negotiated. It's done, and, and they started not construction because to back up a little bit. Um, we not me. I'm not using a hammer to do it myself, but I'm gonna renovate uh, a an old grain mill that was it's right off of historic downtown Martin, Tennessee. Uh, it was built in nineteen between nineteen sixteen, finished in nineteen eighteen. Oh, brand new building. Brand new. Yeah. <laughs> for you, brand new building yeah, for you. Brand yeah. new to me. I've yeah. been uh, been owner for just a few weeks. <laughs> but uh, anyways, super cool old historic building. Um, I think it's gonna make a, a, a really cool. I think I always say it, you could probably serve McDonald's out of there and still have people come. Yeah. I'm hoping that putting together, you know, marrying, hopefully good food. You know, I think it's decent food. Um, in such a cool place with such ambiance. I think it has potential to be a real destination. What's your What's your rough timeline for opening that? Okay, so uh, a little side off that is that, say on a busy day we do 70 tickets, you know, meaning if we do 70 tickets, we might be feeding 150 people, but say 70 people walk up and make a transaction, I bet you out of that uh, count, 35 of them, over half of them, asked me the same question. Oh, So I just got this generic, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months, depending on how snowy of a winter it is. There you go. So uh, 12 to 18 months. Okay. If it goes great, then it could be 12 months. If it goes like most things usually do, costing more and taking longer than, than, you know, expected, it could be 18 months. But uh, What's the address? Is it the exact same spot where you are now? It's about a third of a mile south down the street. Uh, sadly, I don't know the exact. I know I know my location. <laughs> I my bet you do. Trailer, to, you know, on Facebook, three twelve North Wendell, yeah, yeah. Tennessee, three eight two three seven. That is the location if you're ever out and about. But uh, it's just right down the street. <laughs> I can point whenever somebody you know somebody will come up and they're like, "We heard you're putting in a restaurant." And I say, "Yeah, you see those grain bins down the street there." Right across, the, so you know if you yeah. go out that way, then yeah. you know just look on your right. That's cool. And I don't know the exact address. All right, we'll come oh, back to super it. Super close though. <laughs> Good. So if we could back up just a little bit, uh, what got you into barbecue? Because I think the first time I ran into you was at the barbecue festival, mm-hmm. and it was interesting how you were interacting with everybody and how everybody was talking about you. And I didn't then, you know, First. apologize my ignorance, but I didn't know a damn no, thing about you. No Young guy walking around and it's like, oh man, he's pretty buddy-buddy with everybody, you know? <laughs> I didn't know how buddy-buddy I was, so I showed it, you know, there either. But uh, no, I've, I've been blessed to, you know, have a lot of friends. Will and Nicole, I know y'all done a episode yeah. with them. By the way, I've listened to every episode. Uh, <laughs> good man, so good man. More than once. Um, but Jim Buchanan, uh, I don't know Ara as well for, for you know for as long, but we exchanged numbers this yeah. afternoon. Cool. I'm gonna try to go see him Wednesday. Very cool. But uh, so how I got started in barbecue. I'm gonna try to one of my sayings is I've told in another podcast is in a nutshell. I can talk all day, so I have to just sort of put things <laughs> in a nutshell. Shout out to uh, Kevin, Kevin with uh, yep. Kevin's barbecue joints. That's yep. definitely a podcast. Uh, people should go like and subscribe yeah. as well. Yeah, he does. Uh, he talks to a lot of. A lot of cool people, a lot of cooler job. people than I. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyhow, 
So to back up, I played football in high school. Like everything else I've ever done, I take things pretty seriously, like my barbecue. So I took it seriously enough that I didn't have a whole lot of time for anything else. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I've always enjoyed cooking. That goes back to, so I'm from a really, really rural area, and uh, waterfowl hunting's sort of a big deal there. Um, so I started going duck hunting with my dad and uncle whenever I was like three years old. So a big deal with duck hunting, if you have the proper blind set up, is being able to cook in the duck blind. So mm. breakfast sandwiches, you know, mm-hmm. biscuits, sausage, cheese, egg biscuits, stuff like that, bacon. So that's my early memories of cooking. And then I sort of, you know, kept kept a hold of that and cooked whenever I was young. I would cook eggs before I went to school, whenever I was in middle school and stuff like that. And, you know, graduated to pastas and desserts, stuff like that. But I never was into barbecue. I swear I thought he was going to say I graduated to pot. No, no, no. Actually, <laughs> speaking of that, never smoked pot in my life. Oh, good for you. Um, not saying I never had a beer, but I've definitely... He's, he's only 12 years old, so he's got oh, time. Right. He's yeah. got there time. is still time. <laughs> Although, if I, made it this, if I made it to 12 or 24, <laughs> I probably made it long enough to, to not have to do it. You're right. But uh, anyhow, um, got out of high school, got a little more time on my hands, um, got a big green egg, so I got into grilling a little more. That sort of, and then you know, bigger and egg can sort of serve as both a uh, grill and a smoker. So I started playing with the smoked elements of it. Um, fast forward a little bit, and I think fall of 2015, winter of 2015, my dad got me the infamous Franklin uh, barbecue book. Mm-hmm. Never enjoyed reading my life. Now I was a good student throughout high school and college. Made really good grades, but it's not because I was smart or super studious. I was just a great time manager. <laughs> Which has helped in running a barbecue joint sure, as well. Sure, it has. Because from 4 in the morning Time until 6.30 when I leave, I've got pits running and, and I've got stuff to be seasoning, turkey to be brining, sauces to be making, all that stuff. Um, but Dad got me the book, uh, read it cover to cover like three times. First book <laughs> I've ever enjoyed. Um, I'm like, okay, Dad, I think we're going to have to go check this guy out. Uh, so I went to Texas. Made this is I think this trip makes like... Texas barbecue road trip. So what year was that? The first year you 20, went to see? Winter of 2015 or okay. spring of 2016. Okay. So it's been five, almost five years ago, I guess. Yeah. Four, four or five years ago. Um, so I went and did Louie Miller. That was my first barbecue you know, experience, or Texas barbecue experience ever. And I didn't come from a barbecue background family. like I didn't come from a family of barbecue cooks or anything like that uh, and it never had great sliced brisket till i came to texas hey man hey good job <laughs> yeah uh so, it was, so i had a life-changing first experience then made it to austin that night and woke up and did the whole franklin line you know got there at seven got food at like 12 30 oh, uh, and that was awesome again so i had the bug bitten on me uh, right then uh in line i can remember me and one of my college fraternity brothers came with me and dad I remember having the conversation, you know what? Because people had been saying to me for a while, why don't you go to culinary school? Why don't you open a restaurant? I'm like, I enjoy cooking, but I don't want it to turn into a, I want it to stay a hobby. I want to yeah. enjoy it. You I want to do it as a job. In, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm afraid I would, you know, grow to resent it if it became a job. Then I got hooked out there and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to try. I would, I always say that, or I always say that back then I was thinking to myself, I would hate to look back 40 years from now and have, going and working in an office for 40 years sure. and look back and regretted not at least trying. So 
decided, okay, I'm going to see what I can do as far as trying to open a trailer. Um, did that that summer. Between that, between that time, my timeline runs weird. I never can get it all together. But got two 500-gallon pits offset smokers. How old are you at this time, if you don't mind me asking? 19, 19. I think. I think I was 19. May of 2016 was my first day in operation on summer break. Uh, I think I was still 19. Um, But anyhow, uh, opened up the first year. I sort of did it as a a test to see, you know, is this something I really want to get into? Because that was the transition time of my life. Like, yeah. I'm still in school, but I've got time. And I, I finished school. Yeah. Because I'm a believer in not, not, you know, quitting things and finishing what you start. But, uh, anyhow, uh, figured out real quick that, man, this is more work than you can ever imagine. <laughs> and I'm crazy, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, and basically from that first summer, I realized that this is what I want to pursue. So I still did college, and uh, I, I ran my trailer from, like, May to July. Whenever I was home from school, I went to Mississippi State. Um, what were you studying, if you don't mind me asking? Ag or uh, not agriculture, uh, agriculture, uh, economics. Okay. So my plan was, like, my backup plan was to, like, if, if the barbecue deal didn't work out, and work for, like, a chemical company or a seed mm-hmm. company, mm-hmm. something, you know, in the ag field, because I came from an ag background. We raised black Angus cattle and stuff like that. So that sort of ties into barbecue as yeah. well. Yeah. I've gotten to cook a few beef ribs and stuff out of our own cattle. That's <laughs> been, I guess that's a full circle. That's really system. cool. Yeah. Ber- yeah. Vertically integrated. Yeah, vertical yeah, ver- integration. Uh, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, ran the trailer, um, graduated college, and I mean, here I am. I, I ran it last year. I was still, that was in Dresden, Tennessee, which is my hometown. Just 10 or 12 minutes from Martin, but Whereas here, 10 or 12 minutes is just like down the street a mile. 10 or 12 minutes yeah. back home is like 12 miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody back home, it's 60 seconds, you know, it's a mile per minute. Right. Uh, so a different town. But then in May of this year, we move locations strategically because knowing we're going to open the restaurant, I needed to be as close as possible. I couldn't afford to be 12, 15 minutes away. And trying to deal with contractors and painters and sure. lawyers and all that stuff. Now, even now, I'm a third of a mile down the road, but it's still all I can do to get down there to answer a question as it is, as busy as I am. But uh, moved to Martin, and that's been a, a good move for business. Uh, business is really picked up. There's just more people. University of Tennessee at Martin is in Martin, uh, so that brings in seven or eight thousand students plus the faculty that moves back mm-hmm. um, and martin itself is just a bigger town with a pretty sort of in a boom right now especially okay. with restaurants there's restaurants coming in and i think my brick and mortar is sort of a an anticipated thing you know yeah. to come as well but it's nice. been a good reception how so how many years has you been doing this full time because <clears throat> i know you said hey during the summers i came and ran a trailer but what about full time well, I spent full time, I guess, um, since I graduated college in December seventeen. Okay. So I started back up in the spring as soon as it warmed up enough. Warmed up enough to, uh, <laughs> and I ran it instead of cutting it off at the end of July. I ran it all the way through November or uh, Thanksgiving of last year. It got really cold. We had a mild winter, but it got really cold uh, right at Thanksgiving. So. Every morning and every evening, I was having to deal with, like in the evenings, I was having to unplug my, my water hose, shake the water out, 
I had a I had to turn my water heater off. I had a cattle trough out back over the spigot, and then a bucket over it, <laughs> and, a, and a heater. It just became like this thirty minute process, and business was sort of dying off because it was getting winter and yeah. the town's not big enough, you know, big enough to really, you know, to. Not, I'm not saying they weren't supportive; they're very supportive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody can't eat barbecue every day like I do. Sure. And I understand that. Yeah. So sort of waning off and I needed to focus some attention on the brick and mortar process. Uh so I shut down, but now we're open definitely full time. Uh triple time. Triple the time. <laughs> yeah. Now you're a business owner twenty four hours a day. Right. I mean it's uh, I tell people it's an eight day a week process. There's only seven days a week, I know, but eight day a week process to only be open four days in a week. So mm-hmm. and people don't understand that. But you you have no I don't blame them. You have no way to until you engulf yourself into, you right. know, owning a business, especially right. owning a barbecue business. Sure. I mean I'm cooking briskets thirteen, fourteen, fourteen fourteen and a half hours plus everything else. So Right. Yeah. Uh, so full time, I guess, for a year and a half now. Okay. Instead of it being just a summertime year. Yeah. So Franklin's book, inspiration and so forth. I know that you've come to Texas a bunch of times. Has there been anybody, and not necessarily like, oh, this is the best barbecue, but has there been anybody that you've been able to lean on quite a bit to, because you are bringing a different style of barbecue back home, yeah, to kind of help you tone your style because you can practice all you want and things like that but i mean like even like uh russell from rogo's Mm -hmm. uh barbecue Mm -hmm. he was doing barbecue for a long time before he went to a festival and was like oh my barbecue fucking sucks you know like and he'll admit it and now he's the freaking godfather for barbecue guys yeah he's he's an awesome dude and and it's very misty uh speaking of people uh russell and misty have been big for me you know that's whenever i met y'all at uh at the Houston festival. Barbecue Festival, I was actually there helping them. As far as the actual cooking goes, I don't. A lot of people back home think that I'm coming out here like on this trip. They think that I'm coming to get everybody's, you know, cooking secrets and stuff. And I'm not saying there's not stuff to learn. I learn every day. I wake up every day with the. And this is off off subject for what you asked. No, that's perfect. I mean, I wake up every day with the goal of making my ribs, my brisket, all that stuff better today than it was yesterday. Right. But as far as the food goes. I don't know that I've really, you know, I ask questions. And, yeah, uh, Brotherton, mm-hmm. John Brotherton, he's yep. been one I've really leaned on. Uh, and most of these guys that I've leaned on have been more just from the logistical stuff, you know, uh, managing a business, managing, you know, getting a brick and mortar going and logistics of kitchens and stuff like that. But I guess to pinpoint a few people, uh, Dusty Miller and his family at uh, Miller Smokehouse in Belton, They've been extremely instrumental. Him and his mom actually came and visited, and I wasn't even open whenever they came. It was they came on a you know one of my because I'm open Wednesday through Saturday. At that point, I was only open Tuesday through Friday. It's been a very good transition, by the way. Saturdays are very fruitful. Okay, yeah. yeah. Opening at ten thirty during uh, uh, college football season is fruitful as well. Nice. Uh, Smart move. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> thanks to Dusty, he, he got to give him credit. He convinced me to finally do it. But uh, those two. Um, Russell and Missy have been really helpful, and really just everybody. I've been lucky enough to be sort of taken under the wing and, you know, welcomed by all these guys, and they've all just been nothing but helpful. Scott Moore and them and mm-hmm. uh, Tejas, Will and Nicole have been very, yeah. very gracious uh, and, and helpful. And I better quit naming names because I'm not going to remember them all. <laughs> I've been lucky to remember all that I have, but everybody's been just really, really helpful. What, what is? Your, I'm sorry. What What is your style of barbecue? Yeah, 
Parker. Pretty, not, I mean, I hate to use the word basic, but pretty, uh, pretty basic Central Texas style. Okay, I used so to have, I mean, it's brisket, salt, and pepper, as me and you were talking about earlier, <laughs> super heavy pepper, like in the William Miller range of pepper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I haven't, I haven't, I was going to as well, I have a really garlic, uh, garlic drawn to garlic uh, salt and pepper palette uh, so I have to be careful with that and spice so like whenever I'm making my hot barbecue sauce I have to be I have to be careful and think okay this isn't for you Blake this is for the everybody masses. else yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know I do Central Texas style turkey breast uh, brisket pork ribs I do a St. Louis cut I used to do uh, full spares but with me being the lone trimmer yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that I sort <laughs> yeah. of had to make some, some decisions sure uh, I have a pretty good turnout uh, with my ribs um, and, and they're St. Louis cut, but I pull pork, um, so I use pork butts. That's the most Tennessee style thing I do, I guess, but I still do it, just salt and pepper, so you know, it's not like a sugary rubber or anything like that. Would you that. use a vinegar base for that, like a vinegar based sauce uh, for the have, pork butt? Well, my salt, I, I don't mix in, it's all, everything I do is sliced, cut, pulled to order. Okay. So I don't sauce my meat out, I, I really, I let it all speak for itself sure sure, um, sure. there's nothing wrong with great sauce pulled pork but i just pull it fresh to order and people uh, <laughs> yeah but on the sauce question i didn't mean did you sauce the meat what i mean is because you, yeah. you mentioned a barbecue sauce do you yeah. do a red tomato yeah, base I and you also I, do a vinegar for the tennessee style my, so pork? my, my sauces are a, a mild barbecue a hot barbecue i do alabama light which is obviously is mayonnaise base and a mississippi comeback which is mayonnaise base sort of like a thousand island Yum yum, like an Asian, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. really good. It's a, it's a great on everything sauce. But road my, trip, yep, we a road trip. Oh yeah. yeah, but my my sauces are sort of right between a ketchup and a vinegar. Okay, probably a little closer to a ketchup base. Okay, thin, you know. Yeah. Um, but not like a super vinegary, you know, sort of a, a hybrid between the two. What's so a what? TJ road trip? Yeah, right. I'm ready. Yeah, DJ's <laughs> ready. We're ready. I'm ready. For like, listeners, I tried to go there last month, but I was he was so near me. I was All right. two hours away in Nashville. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I don't know you saw the stories, but they kept feeding me brisket in Nashville. I'm I was, crazy. and he was sending me. It'd be like, oh, it was. He was not talking very highly of it. I'm like, well, they could have had Blake's catered. <laughs> better, but I like there's that. a chance. Yeah. If I was in charge of the conference, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm going to get Blake's to cater. <laughs> you know, I want Blake on site slicing meat for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. bring the trailer. Yeah, you know? bring the trailer over. <laughs> oh, we get asked to do that yeah. all the time. Speaking of that, my trailer is mobile in that it's on, uh, you know, <laughs> on wheels and tires and an axle, but we're plugged into electricity, water, <laughs> sewage, all that stuff. So to move it is like a two day process. So we get asked all the time. Hey, we're having an event, a food truck <laughs> event. You know, would you? And like, you know, would you want to bring? I'm like, yes, I would, but but I'm not going to. Yeah, I can't. Like, the only way I could, the only way I would move my trailer for an event is if it were for, for some extremely meaningful cause, where it's like a fifteen thousand dollar, which I'm yeah. not money oriented, but it takes some serious money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's still a business. Uh, truck if it's still for sale. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's an option. For listeners who may not uh, know the difference between a Tennessee-style barbecue and a Texas-style barbecue, you mind walking us through, you know, just kind of the basics that, that you see the biggest difference between yeah, the two? No problem. Um, Tennessee is definitely, whereas beef is Texas, you know, Texas barbecue, pork. extremely beef-centric. Uh, Tennessee is straight pork, so 
usually pork butts or pork shoulders pulled pork. Um, usually more of a sweet rub, whereas I'd go straight kosher salt, black pepper. Now, like my pork, I use the same rub for my pork butts as I do my pork ribs as I do my turkey, which is like many others out here. Of course, uh, of course, ground black pepper, mm-hmm. kosher salt, paprika, and garlic powder. Uh, back home, it'd be a sugar, you know, brown sugar, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, pork ribs, usually baby back or or a St. Louis cut that's similar to a baby back. Um, Long most, ribs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Um, smoked barbecue bologna, it's a big deal. Hell yeah. People have been convincing me lately to do it. I'll... I like it. I get it. It's just not as exciting to me. Mm. Like, you know, like I put my heart into this brisket and all this stuff, and it's like barbecue bologna, you can't screw it. I like the challenge of stuff you can screw up. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, so, very pork-centric, more of a sweet, you know, usually the sauce is either going to be a super thin vinegar or a thick, almost more of a Kansas City style. Okay. Uh, you know, Memphis barbecue is known for dry rub. Honestly, Memphis is barbecue way i find is either dry not dry well it is dry dry stuff yeah dry rub (laughs) yeah or super saucy okay no in between um i guess that's really the major differences the the reason i asked too is because it it leads into the second question i had the chance to go (laughs) to montreal and there was a guy doing texas style very much similar story got franklin's book was super inspired and was doing brisket now up there how they smoke meats is more of like kind of the jewish deli style of smoked meats and so forth and so when he was saying well i smoke brisket and all of a sudden it's a texas style people are like what the hell you know yeah it's a shock and from the Mm -hmm. podcast with uh kevin's barbecue joints i think it's a first introduction to a lot of people Mm -hmm. to texas style barbecue that you're running into definitely and how's how's the reception been because it's just like anything like we just had Thomas Nguyen on here, and he's talking about South bringing South African cuisine yeah. to Texas and having to educate people on what it is and, mm-hmm. you know, finding ways to introduce, you know, people to it, whether that's part fusion, whether that's, you know, hey, we're going to do like a small pop-up or something along those lines. Yeah. How's the how's the reception been? Um, at this point, you know, I've been doing it four years, serving it for four years. Uh, so people, word has spread enough to where people most come with a trusting you know, a, a trusting <laughs> attitude. Uh, the first year, you know, I ran into everybody that they were interested, they were intrigued, you know, like brisket. But whenever it got down to hmm. it, they're like, oh, I've never liked brisket before in my life. And the reason is, is because just like me up until the, you know, I was 18 or so, the only brisket I'd had was like Sam's Club frozen <laughs> roast beef that you thawed out and it was just shredded roast yeah. beef, basically. So I get it. But what it took was a lot of Louis Miller style, what I call Louis Miller style uh, samples, you know, little burn-in samples like, hey, I know you think you don't like it, but just try this. You can see their, you know, their face light up, and they're like, oh, well, how, get that a sandwich or a plate? By the pound, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a, a, a not-so-smooth transition, but luckily people have grown to trust this. That goes with sides or anything else. Yeah. They pretty well know at this point that I'm not going to just put something out there that I don't think they're going to enjoy, you know. So, word spread enough, you know, on Blake's Barbecue Brisket, they they come wanting it even if they've never, you know, they're like, I've never liked brisket before, but it's all we've heard. And I'm not bra- I'm not, not bragging at all. I'm just telling you, giving you the report. You can brag a little. Yeah. It's all no, right, no, 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 no. You can no, brag no, a I'm, little. I'm not, yeah, you've earned it. Me. You've earned it, Toot, man. Toot. <laughs> no, but, but they'll come. It's all right. That's what they say. You know, like, I've never liked it, but it's what we've heard, so we're going to try it. Um, so 
Well, speaking of the growth and everything, I think that we'll, we'll and I apologize for no, cutting you off, good. but we're, we're coming up on 28 minutes right here real quick. So um, hold that question if you don't mind. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, current, <laughs> current status, future projects and everything. And we'll get Darren's question in here. We're just going to take a word or we're just going to take a minute for words from our sponsors real quick. We'll be right back. The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Welcome back to the Cost of Goods Told podcast. We are here at part two. Oh, look at Darren. What? You'll get it down eventually. I don't know what you're laughing about, man. What's no, you, about? you just jumped right in. Like, I will. You ready? You, you ready? ready? Let's go. Ready. Let's do it. I won't even let Blake finish his, uh, his bite of food right there. We're good. We got a quick little bite uh, between the break and so forth. Uh, Blake, we were kind of talking about you know all the experience that you had and then you know uh the trips and so forth what inspired you um where you're at currently especially with the brick and mortar coming up what um has each trip that you've taken to texas kind of come with not necessarily a different agenda but like hey this time i want to see how these guys are doing the briskets or ribs and oh this time i want to see the aesthetics of the restaurant or or how they decorated or how they set it up did did you kind of have that as a plan each trip or yeah i try to first of all i definitely try to i, I call it spread the web like i'm not going to come and every time i come to houston go to the same three spots <laughs> right now a lot of times i do re i do you know a revisit or two and i try to go hit new like i haven't hit uh Harlem road yet so that's my plan on wednesday uh so whenever I come, yes, we're def whenever my mom or sister or anybody is with me, we're definitely probably more focused, or at least they are, on aesthetics. Okay. Um, like mm -hmm. going to Truth. You know, Truth has definitely been a – Truth Houston mm -hmm. definitely uh, been a, an inspiration for us from the, you know, interior aesthetics uh, for the restaurant. Uh, Miller Smokehouse has been another really good inspiration for the aesthetics. Um but yeah, you know, it would be like, okay, this time I'm going to really focus on asking the guys about their walk-in tour space. You know, what do you recommend? You know, what what do you keep in your walk-in? Do you have two separate ones? Do you have one that's for beer and produce and another, another one that's for, you know, meat and stuff like that? So, yeah, this trip is... This trip is more just like, okay, I've been working my tail off. <laughs> I'm going to go have a, a birthday week gift to myself. But, yeah, definitely, you know, I try to have different things in mind whenever I'm going to, you know, a particular place. Well, you got to write it off somehow. You got to have some <laughs> business right. questions, you know, so you can write off as a business this trip. This one's not going to be This is straight out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think the Houston Barbecue Fest, when I did do a little bit of uh, 
I don't know about writing off, but a little bit of uh, barbecue card using yeah. that trip. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. But uh, I think this was just straight out of my pocket. Well, speaking of that festival, I think it was kind of cool because I didn't know who you were. But when we were talking to each of the pitmasters and watching you interact with the pitmasters, because I'm watching everybody, just seeing how everybody interacts. And it was my first barbecue festival as well, so I'm trying to get the lay of the land and so forth. Um, everybody had nothing but great things to say about you as far as, you know, we say that the barbecue community is open and honest to anybody who comes in. But when, when they were talking about the conversations that they were having with you, they were honest, genuine, interested questions. It wasn't like, so how long do you smoke your meat? Da, 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 right. da. It was detailed, intense questions that, you know, you really want to get the ins and outs. You really want to understand how they're operating, not just on the pits, but as a restaurateur, you know, because I, I think sometimes people forget that, that there's still the business side oh, beyond gosh, just yeah. the, <laughs> beyond yeah, just the, the pits. part of it, in my opinion sort of figure out what you're doing cooking and like i said there's always stuff to learn but it's the logistics part you know how they've got their service line laid out how they've got uh uh you know do they have a bathroom do they have a separate bathroom for their employees in the back of house or are they having to walk across the dining room just stuff like that right so that's been the those questions have been the most you know important i think for me not that there's not stuff to learn about cooking so like i said i wake <laughs> up and try to learn every day but it's been more the logistic stuff of operations because you've got a decent sized team working with you you know even out of the trailer you're obviously going to have to expand a little bit with the brick and mortar and so forth but you got to learn that side of it as well as Mm -hmm. you know if someone's in charge of putting the to-go stuff together what it takes to train that person what it takes to communicate to that person and that's a different communication than someone who's going to be you know setting the tables or or doing something different you know um what's been kind of the biggest learning curve for you as a new entrepreneur um balance i yeah okay it's actually a little easier whenever you first start asking i'm like "Eh," but i think i've got the answer for that uh not focusing solely on the food meaning that's super important but up until like probably last year my my yeah the prior year to this one being open i was just so like only worried about the food and not worrying about am i making any money (laughs) am i making sure that the the uh to-go bag doesn't have grease on the outside all that stuff now bringing my sister in has been really uh uh you know really good she's been really good about helping keep things more organized keep the books more organized making sure stuff's paid on time making sure everybody's scheduled right making sure grease isn't on the bag uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's been the details transitioning from just being focused about making sure every, which I'm that I, I don't I don't, I don't want to frame it that way because that is still what I'm focused on. But bringing her in, I should give her credit here. Um, bringing her in has allowed me to focus on that and her, you know, handle the the behind the scenes stuff and the other aspects of it. So I guess learning curve is being like, okay, there's more to this than just the food. Like, yes, that's first and foremost important. There's other stuff that's got to go on to make it not just a hobby mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, uh, uh, an actual, you know, thing. So, well, be, being, be more well-rounded. Yeah, yeah. And being that you're going to graduate in 12 to 18 months to a brick and mortar <laughs> from a trailer, <laughs> mm-hmm. do you see that day-to-day operation changing at all? Definitely. You see, yeah, you see it becoming <laughs> more complicated, more time-consuming, oh, it's more planning. Be, yeah. I, I, what I know is that I have no idea what that transition is going to be like. <laughs> but what I do know is it's just going to be amplified, you know, way beyond what it's been. So yeah. I, 
I can admit that I, I don't know. That's why I'm trying to get as much intel from these guys. You know, what's it like? Some of these guys have transitioned from a trailer. Like Will yeah. and Nicole, they yeah. were in a trailer for a few years and then, you know, went brick and mortar. Uh, that's also the type of questions I've, you know, asked. So when you see adding personnel and adding help, you see that's trying to stay as much as you can as a family in a family atmosphere? Yeah. I'm sort of like back in history, you know, whenever they were setting up the government and they tried to separate church and state as much as possible. <laughs> I'm trying to separate family and business as much as possible. Yeah. It's inherently growing more and more together. Uh, speaking of that, my mother actually... So she's been working, I guess, for about five years as sort of a bookkeeper at a car dealership. I think her first day was like two weeks before my very first day of business in 2016. Anyways, starting next week, whenever we open back up, I now employ her. I mean, she's coming on uh, to work for me full time. Very cool. So Congratulations. uh, Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Um, She's great. She's always claimed for years that she can't cook. She is the Blake's Barbecue Dessert Mastro, or Mastro, if that's the female version. <laughs> no, I don't know. But, uh, so she makes a damn good dessert. She makes good dessert. Banana so. pudding? She doesn't do banana pudding. My uncle did have banana. He's a great cook as well. Um, he doesn't work for me, but there for a while during the hot summer, he was making banana pudding that people were coming up and saying, yeah. Gosh, I haven't had banana pudding like this since my <laughs> grandmother in the 60s. Yeah. So hey, that was a hit, but... <clears throat> She does sopapilla cheesecake. Wow. She, uh, she started what doing this heck? week. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. People freak out over it, too. Um, she started doing uh, like little pecan muffin, pecan pie muffin things, uh, little mini chocolate chest uh, pies. Saturday, she did this. She just threw together this apple dump cobbler thing, and it sold out in like 10 <laughs> minutes. Uh, people were walking up saying, oh, my gosh, today... In the trailer smells, I know, like barbecue. It smells like, you know, baked apples, too. So it did smell good. <laughs> That's I awesome. can't smell barbecue. Not at my trailer, anyways. But uh, I could sure smell the, the apple dessert on Saturday. But uh, Sopapilla. What cake? Sopapilla cheesecake. Cheesecake. Yeah, so, delicious. like, sugar, cinnamon. Exactly. People, people, nobody knows what sopapilla is back home. Right. So we describe it as, like, a cinnamon sugar toast. That's what my sister would say. She'd say, do you like cinnamon sugar toast? Or, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, try it. And they try it and they love it. So. Took me back to my childhood. Yeah, cinnamon sugar toast. I'm surprised I'm not oh. diabetic. Because, you know, I used to just dump oh. the sugar on a piece of bread with butter. Absolutely. Bread, melted butter. Yep. You know, and, and yeah, man. I would either just pour it or, you know, better yet, a, a brush. White sugar, brown sugar. Yep. More white sugar and cinnamon. That was my summertime. Now, did you fold it or did you take a bite I'll, yeah, well, I fold mine. Oh, definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you lose sugar if you don't. And, you know, the outside, the crust would get crushed. Yep. The inside be just... Um, oh, yeah. I th- maybe that's where I learned how to fold pizza, when I folded be. my cinnamon toast. It's deadly. It's oh, got to be goodness. one of the best. Damn it. Load, can't gas up, Connor. Oh, you guys, gas not, up. not yep. 300 pounds, man. Like, <laughs> there's a fat milk. dude inside my body. Right. He's trapped. With white milk. That was always... I don't lovely. know about all that. White milk and... Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to ask him if we make the trip out, we're getting breakfast, and that's what we're having for breakfast. That's fine. Cinnamon yeah. toast. Hey, you can come whip up breakfast. Cinnamon toast. Yeah, I'm going to put Chef Connor in charge of that. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. There you go. Range. You just got yourself a job. Mm-hmm. There you go, right? Mm-hmm. How, how much have you. How much have you. We, we, we talked a little bit off, uh, off mic about what 
type of barbecue you enjoy versus the barbecue that you serve. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that you're serving an inferior product or anything like yeah. that, but talk to any restaurateur, talk to any barbecue guy, especially like Blood Brothers. You talk about wanting to spice things up. Those guys wish that they could have the hottest barbecue, literally the spiciest barbecue Spicy, on yeah. the planet, you know? Um, how I much have... They I mean, I love what they do. They can amp it up as much as they want it for me, but yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, how much... How much do you think your barbecue is what you want to serve and what the community has asked for? Like, is it a 80-20 blend? Is it, you know, if you were to put kind of like a percentage on it? Because mm, you do have to adapt. question. Like we talked about earlier, if I had it my way, which I don't, I know some people rub their briskets with garlic powder. I don't because uh, I want to be traditional. But not that you have to be in this frame. You know, you need to do what works yeah. for you. Right. But, okay, if I had it my way, everything would be a lot garlicier would have even more pepper on it and would have more salt. But whenever you're trying to feed anywhere from 19-year-old college students to a 79-year-old woman, mm-hmm. you sort of got to find middle ground. Yeah. So people walk up and say, well, how hot's your hot barbecue sauce? I'm like, well, it's going to be hotter than your mild, you know, than my mild, <laughs> but it's not going to blow your socks off. And it's not near as hot. What I usually say is it's not near as hot as I'd make it if I were making it for me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I'd try to blend, you know, I definitely want to serve, if I'm serving it, it's something I would want to eat. That means if I cut into a brisket and I'm getting down towards the end of the flat and it's not where I want it, then I'm not going to serve it. I'll use it somehow in baked beans or something like that, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm not going to serve something that I wouldn't want to pay for myself. Right. So the, the other reason why I ask that is I know that you do have specials. You do do some specialty things as well, mm-hmm. but moving into the brick and mortar location, is there anticipation to do something a little bit different that because you've because you've earned the trust because people know that hey i can come in and the trinity is going to be good and the growth is there yeah and the and the opportunity may be to hey you know what i am going to start adding blake's personal infusion a lot more into something like that is is that part of the plans is that here's something i always harp on i guess is I, i would rather do like right now, my menu, I've got five proteins, brisket, pulled pork, pork ribs, turkey, sausage. I've got it simple like that because the growth has been such that it's about all I do to keep up with keep just it simple. that menu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want everything. To, I'd rather do five things as well as I can possibly do them sure. and have a dozen proteins and then be 85% of what I feel like I could do. Uh, so moving into the brick and mortar and it, everything being amped up, volume, got new staff, all that stuff, training pit guys and whatnot. I think I want to keep it simple to begin with mm-hmm. and let it grow organically as we are ready to, you know. So my hope is, you know, another thing that will tie into how the menu changes is how demand changes. My hope is that people just come from near and far for the brisket ribs, you know, the Trinity stuff and the, the simple menu stuff, and I never, we're as busy as we can be just doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh but, you know, if demand shows that we're going to have to do infiltrate, you know, prime rib or smoked salmon or something. And I do want to have nighttime barbecue and a nighttime crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if demand calls for it, then I'll, I'll change. <clears throat> but I want to keep things manageable and want everything we do to be executed as well as it possibly can be. Uh, sides, I think, will be, a, you know, we'll get a, a higher breadth wider breadth of sides so like even this week i did uh green beans on thursday uh, corn pudding on friday sort okay. of as a 
fall weather's coming in, you know, a little bit of a change to keep some interest and peak some interest. Uh, as y'all probably seen, I do pimento cheese on Wednesdays. <laughs> I guess uh, if you want, uh, people love it, so do it for that reason. But be careful what you start doing <laughs> because you can't get rid of it. You ought to do a smoked pimento. I know. That's sort of next to my list. Right, I mean, smoke, smoke some cheese, grate it down, mix it in. How, how, I mean, oh. It'd probably be too deadly. Then, then, <clears throat> but I'm afraid to do that because then get people hooked on smoked pimento cheese and it's like well they can't they're not going to stand for just regular pimento well you only do it one day a week like you know what I mean? like just limit it right you don't true, have true. not a full menu item kind of like pastrami started out with here in town right. it was thursdays and then it's grown to monday as well but i mean you know speaking of pastrami and speaking of what you were talking about earlier about if there have been any places or people that have really influenced uh my menu i would say that I guess if I were to think back, Russell at Ragels is probably my inspiration for starting pastrami. Okay. Um, and going back to something earlier in the conversation, you asked me about what was the transition like getting people to, you know, get into beef barbecue. Well, it was one thing getting people to try brisket. It was another to get people to understand the term pastrami. Yeah. Like, what the hell is pastrami? Uh <laughs> And I didn't know hardly either. You know, I've heard of cats dealing and all that stuff, and it's nothing like that. This is a, I treat it the same as I do my briskets. I just brine it for three weeks, two to three weeks, depending on the size and how. Anyways, but uh, that was inspired, I would say, mostly by Russell. Hmm. Very Rachel's. cool. Yep. So on, well. on that note as well, since you are growing, you are moving into the brick and mortar. You've had a couple years under your belt and so forth. You've talked to a ton of pitmasters. What advice do you think has rang truest or something that you would say? Because one thing you can always steal is knowledge from guys. Yeah. Something that you would pass along to a new pit master or somebody who may be kind of thinking about getting into it and, and that sort of thing. What is, you know, something that, that, that really s- stuck home or, or really influenced you as, as a pit master, as a restaurateur, as an entrepreneur? Is, is there something that you could say, like, th- this piece of advice really changed the game for me? Um, I don't know that anybody in particular ever really told me this. Something I've found for myself is just buckle up because it's <laughs> more than you can. Yeah, buckle up <laughs> because it's it's more work than you can imagine. Even even just this week off, it's going to take me two or three days to adjust back to those those fifteen sixteen hour days. Yeah, there's nothing that can prepare you for it. If you love it, then it's totally worth it's totally worth it to me. But you don't. And I have had this advice given to me. Don't get into this for money because there's no money. But, you know, <laughs> you've got to love it. And I luckily don't do it for money. Uh, honestly, only recently, now that I'm transitioning to brick and mortar, that's going to be a pretty expensive process. Yeah. Um, I've only recently gotten my mind in a more business-oriented, uh, you know, mindset. Whereas used to, it was a hobby that I tried to make enough money on to justify getting up and going to work and doing right. my hobby right. now i'm having to you know think more in a business-minded uh sense but my advice would be if you love it do it if you're trying to do it for money don't mess with it Wrong because reason. it's find something you know if i were doing it for money if i if i were trying to you know make a killing in my life i would have gone to school to be a lawyer or a brain surgeon or something not barbecue but it's my passion, so that's cool. That's huge. Um, so Connor and I are both excited about your growth, right? You're moving from a trailer to a brick and mortar. What are you most excited about 
that in, during that transition of going from just a trailer, justifying the ability to make central Texas style barbecue to a brick and mortar because it's a huge commitment. So what are you most excited about? Mm, having more room. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of a joke, but I guess serious, you know, right now I feel like I'm in a cubicle, which I've got a pretty good size trailer. It's eight feet wide by, I guess, interiors like 22 feet. So it's decent size, but you know, I have limited fridge space, limited counter space, all that stuff. Um, it's, it's exciting to have. I love doing it all, but it's starting to wear on me, you know? Yeah. Like uh, Thursday morning. I was almost, not at the point of tears, but I was at the point of like, oh my gosh, this is about too much. I had two pits rolling, one full <laughs> of briskets and butts, one full of ribs and turkey and sausage. I was trying to get baked beans going and done, and green beans going and done, and make sure they're not burning on the stovetop, and trimming briskets, rubbing butts, taking turkey out of brine, put, and rubbing and putting turkey in brine, and trimming and seasoning ribs. This had too much going on, so it would be nice to have more of a staff with more room sure able to do more things and me be able to focus you know in different areas of life whereas right now i'm just focused and and it's luckily what i love and i yeah. i can't sit still like i sit down maybe five i make myself sit down at like eight eight fifteen in the morning have uh you know sit down and have a little bit of breakfast some coffee which i drink coffee i drink a lot here's a, here's an aside I would say that I probably hold the Guinness World Record for most barbecue and most turkey consumed, or not turkey, coffee. But coffee, most <laughs> most barbecue and most and most coffee consumed by anybody under the age of probably thirty-five. <laughs> I probably hold that record. I don't know if there is a record out there for that. Maybe you need to look into that. I was yeah. say. Probably no money in that either. <laughs> but yeah, you're not driven by money, right? Not driven by money, but. So on the flip side, uh, that's what you're most excited about. On the flip side. Um, you know, every every entrepreneur, every new business, every growth track has also some challenges along the way. Any idea? Have you thought about what your biggest challenges will be moving from a trailer to Absolutely. a brick floor? Absolutely, finding help, finding yeah. good trailer labor. Help. Yeah, labor. Uh, I know it's tough in Houston as well. We were talking about this at lunch. Fijis, uh, y'all at least have, or I say y'all. The city of Houston restaurateurs at least have like six million people to choose from. I have mm-hmm. about ten thousand mm-hmm. on a good day, <laughs> so it's going to be a challenge. I know yep. it is, and I'm already I'm recruiting as I can. One thing I lean towards a lot a lot of my workers I've had like my employees. Really, I I never say anybody works for me. I say works with me, and mm-hmm. I work with them. But a lot of my employees have been. 40 to 65 year old women that are either retired teachers or they yeah. you know work at school and they work for me during the summers uh so i sort of lean more towards older more mature as you can probably imagine i'm sort of an old so as it is so i get along <laughs> with those people pretty yeah. well yeah uh but versus millennials just being straight up well honest. and i think i think there's a very valid point right so if you if you draw from a labor pool of experienced workers uh, people who will show up on time, people who have reliable transportation, people who have all their teeth. I mean, people who who enjoy people who people who enjoy visiting with other people. I mean, that's that's the thirty-five to forty-five. You know, people yeah. who who worked a long time and they just love what they do. Yeah. Right. Instead of hey, I need I need to download more music off of whatever exactly. this weekend, so I'm going to go work for a day. Just uh, just yeah. some money. Yeah. It's yeah. good to have people that even. 
feel like they have make enough money comfortably that they want to come, you know, help something succeed or something. Sure. That's a good, that good help in that way. But yeah. It's going to yeah, be a challenge. In turnover, sure. that's, that's the biggest, that's the most daunting well, thing. Well, Connor ever. loves to drive, so yeah. give, give him about a week's notice. <laughs> Who knows what sort of technology they'll have about them. Maybe some sort of a, you know, instant shuttle or something. Yeah, <laughs> push a button and show up. If they get that, I'm going to be in trouble because I'm going to be here way too long. <laughs> You're welcome anytime. Thank you. Yeah. At least at UT Martin, you have like a, a pool of students there that you can always like draw on for – like the less skilled jobs, like wait staffs, or I mean, yep. not that you know being a wait staff totally is understand. not. Yeah, you know, no, that's true. Part time, we know a lot of part time. Hey, but, there, you know. There's several roles in a restaurant, right? Yeah, they all have to yeah. be filled, and so you know, yeah. there's there's people that are made for front of the house, there's people made for back of the house. Yeah, you'll figure it out, but maybe you'll find somebody that you can ignite a passion for barbecue and yeah, and that's, like the, you did. that's the hope. It's contagious. I mean, you're, it you're, is. You know, you're, you're like the, the big dog at Martin, man. Like I was going to say. People yeah. driving in 45 minutes for your pull of pork. You know, if you're like the spot to be at in Martin. The big little dog. <laughs> you got to go see the big little Not dog. Not growing. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, of that, and, and you can talk as, as, as much or as little about this as you want, but the, the title, Cost of Goods Told, is basically talking about beyond what you know, just the numbers are, what the barbecue is. Being a young gun in this, what what are some of the things beyond just, you know, the time and the, you know, everybody knows, uh, at, by, by now if they've listened to the podcast, they know that barbecue takes a ton of time and effort and so forth. What are some of the things that, that, that you think are beyond that, that, you know, you've given up to, to pursue this or Those sacrifices, the sacrifices, you know, and, and what you anticipate sacrifice and moving into the brick and mortar. Um, I've seen the clock hit 930 PM, like two times in the last six months. <laughs> so any sort of a nightlife, which I, it's fine with me. I don't need a nightlife anyways, but, uh, you know, like after a long day and it's a hundred degrees outside and you're working pits and all that stuff and cutting and, you know, I'm in there, I'm either outside in the heat by the pits, or I'm inside cutting meat beside a warmer that's set at 148, <laughs> 150 degrees. Uh, so, you know, any sort of outside life has sort of gone wayside, but that's okay because I know it's going to pay off in the future, and that'll, you know, that'll transition as time goes on. Uh, I guess that's the biggest... Because you, you're kind of the lone wolf out there. If, uh, I mean, I know that you've referenced another barbecue uh, spot out your ways, but it's it's a little different than here where it's like, you what? know, there's, there's, there's a guy going through the exact same thing that you're doing, you know, a stone's throw away. You are out there, you know, doing something very different and, and probably doing something in a different way than other guys are doing. Or correct me if I'm wrong, if, if, you know. I mean, I... Only one in my area doing Central Texas barbecue for sure. Uh, I mean, there are other good barbecue, great barbecue places, just different. Um, I'll do a little shout out. Uh, Zach Parker at B. Scott's Barbecue. I talk about him on every, on everybody I know. I never <laughs> customer that comes up that acts like they're interested more than just the average person getting a bite to eat. If, they, if they're interested in barbecue, I tell them they've got to go visit him. He's about an hour, hour and 15 minutes away from Martin in Lexington, Tennessee. But he's been a good help for me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, more from a local standpoint, you know, knowing sort of our demographic, he's from a similarly small town. Uh, so the demographic and the, you know, the preferences and stuff, 
back home compared to Houston proper, completely different. Right. Yeah. But uh, so he's been a good resource back home too. That's good because I know everybody here is rooting for you. I know some guys have made the trip. I know that Robert Lerma was out not too long ago. Um, you know, and guys have made the trip out to, to come see you. And so uh, I just hope that, you know, we're all cheering from you. And even though we can't get out there as often as we like, you know, uh, everybody's been, you know, great sounding boards for, for everybody in the community. So, um, really you know, you too. may you may have lonely days, you may have lonely mm-hmm. nights, but just know that we're all thinking about yeah. you and we're all well, a text message away. Okay. It keeps me going, honestly. That's good, man. My best friends are in Houston and Austin and the surrounding <laughs> I think, areas. I think uh, like most um, entrepreneurs that do what they love, right? And you've said that. I, do, I don't do it for the money. I do it because I enjoy mm-hmm. it. I think that is contagious, and we talked about that earlier. That, that's infectious. is contagious. And when you enjoy what you do, other people enjoy your presence also. Whether it be working on cars, whether it be doing mm-hmm. barbecue, whether it be riding a bike. Agreed. If you're happy, other people are happy. And so right. I think you bring that to the table with a lot of the Texas barbecue guys. So you're just being yourself. And you've made the right decisions along the way, in my opinion. Um, and I think you'll continue to do well. Just like most of the guys who give a shit about what they do day in and day out. Uh, you'll have the same growth issues, oh, right? yeah. challenges. But everyone else has gotten through it too, so you will too pretty good about that but he's obviously been a a a good participant and a a good person in the barbecue world otherwise you know these guys they these guys can smell bullshit you know 10 miles away (laughs) you know no problem i can't smell barbecue if they're like me (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be yes i agree well blake we really appreciate you coming on the podcast man i've enjoyed Um, it for for those who want to follow the story and and follow you where can they you know What's your Instagram handle? Do you have a website, Facebook? You know, you mind giving us all of those? Yeah, uh, no website yet that's coming. Um, but as far as Instagram goes, Blake's Barbecue. So the business uh, business profile is Blake's B L A K E S all all lowercase underscore BBQ, and then my personal thing is. Uh, BBQ underscore B Stoker, I believe. And I'll post, that's, you know, I post on both, but uh, more of the food stuff. If you want to see pictures of decent looking food, hopefully, uh, that's more on the Blake's Barbecue <laughs> side. Then we're on Facebook. I have a, a page you can like. You can follow me personally at Blake Stoker. And I, I share most of the stuff, you know, at Blake's Barbecue. Yeah. Um, usually right after I post on Blake's Barbecue. BBQ underscore B Stoker. BBQ. Yeah, BBQ underscore B Stoker. And you said your hours of operation, days and hours of operation are? Wednesday through Saturday, 11 till sold out, except on Saturdays, I start opening at 10.30 so that people can come pick up at 10.30 and get home to start watching 11 o'clock football games, which um, my one piece of advice to barbecue restaurant owners or whatever is, that's probably a pretty good idea during football season because (laughs) people show up at 10.30, they place their orders, and I've got them ready, and they show up at 10.30 and make a... Pretty good little, uh, pretty good little business start on Saturday. Doing, doing that. <laughs> That's way. cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. That's awesome. Man. Enjoy the uh, rest of your uh, vacation here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're headed out to Galveston tomorrow. Uh, you've got some plans for Wednesday and then Austin and so mm-hmm. forth. But and then it's right back to it. And then 12 to 18 months. You know, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a journey. So yep. we're uh, keep us posted. Keep everybody posted because, like I said, everybody here in Houston's rooting for you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you again for coming on the y'all podcast. Blake's Barbecue. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Blake. Thank you all.
As always, like and subscribe. Five stars, five stars. We're out. The Cost of Goods Told podcast is made possible by the following sponsors. Zero Point Organics grows and supplies microgreens for over 30 major restaurants in the Houston area. Consistently perfect quality in flavor and appearance, their microgreens will be the best you or your customers have ever had every single time. Go to zero, Z-E-R-O, dash pointorganics.com. Duke's Premium Meats Home Delivery is committed to providing you with the best quality meat delivered right to your door. Offering certified Angus beef, grass-fed beef, Wagyu, and many more premium options, nobody beats Duke's Meats. Make sure to check out all that Duke has to offer at dukespremiummeats.com. Chriswell Culinary aims to create a new standard of unique, affordable hot sauces that satisfies the more developed cravings of today. Bernie Brand Texas-style hot sauce is a boldly layered sauce with density and personality to proudly represent Texas. Go to BernieBrand.com to find a retailer near you. That's Bernie, B-O-E-R-N-E, Brand.com.